Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Stuff that changed the world. The mobile phone, the internet changed the world. Penicillin, I would have thought. I would say sanitation. It changes everything. Simon Tierney joins us once again to talk about something. I don't know, do we use, physically we don't use them anymore, but do people even leave messages? I well, I think people don't really use phones much anymore. <laughs> like, well, not for phoning. Like yeah. my nephew has a phone now, you know, uh, he's like uh, 13 or 14, but he would never dream of using it to make a phone call to somebody. No, you know? they like, send you a voice note or, yes, or indeed, uh, yeah. message you in some way or like another. Kids have, they're dying to get a phone, but they will never use it to make a phone call. No. Uh, it was the great irony of um, <laughs> wanting to have a phone nowadays. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I suppose to answer your question, Sean, <clears throat> Um, I think people do leave messages. My parents uh, love to leave very long uh, messages Mm -hmm. and they love to give a timestamp even though the woman on the automatic thing already gave a timestamp. So I think that generation still are in in that, uh, are on that vibe. But I don't really use them much anymore. What's interesting is that in the 70s, 80s and 90s, before the mobile phone took over um, at the turn of the millennium, the answering machine was such an important piece of technology. Yeah. And um, I think, and I'm curious to know what the listeners think about this, because I don't know if we had much of a culture in this country of having a separate um, answering machine as in a separate device to your phone like I remember 20-25 years ago you might have a landline which had a built in voicemail service on yes, it yeah. but in the American Hollywood movie tradition of you know coming into your apartment throwing off your jacket and you know quickly pressing play on the answering machine while you make yourself a, a whiskey sour and <laughs> knock back and watch you know baseball and other such games on the television um, I, I'm not really sure if that that culture that tradition existed so much um, in this country <laughs> you know why nobody had a feckin' phone in them days that's yes, why it was impossible <laughs> to get one so probably and they knew there was nobody with a phone who was going to ring you so why would you get an answering machine <laughs> yeah, exactly I mean there's no point really in having an answering machine if you don't have a phone is there yes. <laughs> <laughs> defeats the whole purpose of it but um, where does it all start I mean for me it's I've I've always had this strange relationship with answering machines because when they first came on the scene in Ireland, I was obsessed with them. I was that kid who had the uh, JVC cassette player recorder and I was obsessed with, you know, making my own radio programmes with my friends who no one ever listened to except ourselves, obviously. Mm. Uh, so I, I was really keen on the idea of recording my own voice. And I think it came from Home Alone 2 where Macaulay Culkin's character has a talk boy which is this thing that every kid in Ireland wanted in uh, the Christmas of 1993 Mm. Um, Mm. but doesn't exist uh, for about 30 years now. But um, it was basically a device where you could record your voice and there was something really special about that. Nowadays it's, you know, everyone can do it on their own phones. The, the friends you used to make the radio programmes with, mm. uh, uh, now looking back, yeah. do they realise that you, they were just like unwitting pawns while you were training <laughs> yourself up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and none of the rest of them went into the industry. So. But um, I remember when my parents did get an answering machine for the first time in the late 90s. Um, I suddenly realised that there was an opportunity for me to transfer these skills which I'd been honing in private onto a much larger platform. So uh, unbeknownst to my parents, what I did was I changed the outgoing message on the answering machine, which they had carefully recorded as, you know, the tyranny family message Mm. when you called up. And I changed it to, I was obsessed at that time with Only Fools and Horses. So I said, what I'd do is I'll record the theme tune to Only Fools and Horses. This was me like slamming the phone right up to the speaker (laughs) on the television and recording, you know, that famous theme tune. And then when it came to the end, I said, leave a message. And as as Del Boy says, he who dares wins. (laughs) Beep. (laughs) The first message we got was from my grandmother who called... And there was a long pause after the theme tune and as Del Boy says, he who dares wins. And all it said was, your grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, like, I don't know if I've called the The wrong wrong number. So, um, as you can imagine, that message was erased quite quickly. But um, that's where it all starts, Sean, for me. Now, the history of the answering machine in a broader sense begins a lot longer than that. In fact, it was Thomas Edison, really, um, someone who, that long ago. who, of course, we've spoken about a lot, uh, many, many times on this program, um, on this slot. He was kind of always a bit hung up on the fact that he didn't invent the telephone himself because for most of his early career he was trying to create recording equipment and of course he did create the world's first sound recorder or at least the first reliable sound recorder which was the phonograph, a really important piece of technology again which we spoke about at length on this slot a few years ago but... In the 1910s, he became intent on finding a way to record telephone conversations. He felt that Alexander Graham Bell's invention was only half completed. He didn't believe that there was any um, future in the technology of the phone if the phone conversation wasn't recorded in some way. Mm. And I can understand, in retrospect, why he felt that, because... If you think about it, people like Alexander Graham Bell and Thomas Edison, they weren't, they didn't really foresee the telephone for what we use it mostly for nowadays is just having a chat with someone. They thought of it as if you're going to make a phone call, this is going to be a really important message. Mm. If you're going to take the effort and the expense to make a phone call, there must be a good reason for doing it. So you really need to record that message for posterity. So what he did was he came up with a a device called the Telescribe, which there were very few of them made ultimately, but it fulfilled what he believed the telephone really needed to do. And basically, uh, he hooked up a telephone. So he, he, he designed a telephone that had two receivers on it. One of the receivers was used for your mouth and your ear so that you could make the phone call. And the other receiver went into, was plugged into his phonograph. So as the phone conversation took place, the diaphragm on the phonograph was uh, contracting and expanding 
And that was um, placing a pressure on the needle, which in turn was inscribing the physicality of the sound recording onto this tinfoil, which you could then replay later. Right. So this was... The reason I'm talking about this is it's not that it was an answering machine, but it was the first, I suppose... Uh, foray into trying to record mm-hmm. sound off a telephone and that's why it's important in the history of the answering machine yeah but in his model every every phone was recorded which is not at all creepy in surveillance days yes at all, really. indeed yeah and it's interesting <laughs> you say that Sean because I think you've hit the nail on the head there in the sense that one of the reasons why the answering machine took so long to took, to take off even though the technology was there is because people were genuinely worried about the creepiness of recording telephone conversations ah. and people for a long time they didn't they weren't able to separate the idea of, you know, not answering the phone and someone leaving a message and how convenient that would be to pick it up later. And the idea that, well, are my phone conversations always being recorded? How do I know if this phone call isn't being recorded right now? And people felt it was intrusive. And also, there's another industry reason why... Uh, answering machines didn't take off even though the technology was there is because AT&T anyone who's been to the States will be aware of AT&T is a huge telecommunications company stateside they controlled the telephone industry in America for the first half of the 20th century they had a complete monopoly on it really and they felt that if you were able to leave messages for people that you probably wouldn't be as bothered making as many phone calls as if you were in a context where there were no answering yeah, machines. Yeah. So they didn't really feel like it was in their um, commercial interest to make this technology available to their customers. That's so interesting. So the first, I feel like, the, you know, what we'd recognise as an answering machine, what, what what kind of a device was it? Yeah, so my favourite, one of the, the first that was mass manufactured it was actually in Japan. It was called the Ansaphone. That's oh, yeah. A-N-S-A-F-O-N-E. Mm-hmm. Um, not a terribly imaginative name, but it was uh, designed by a Japanese engineer by the name of Kuzuo Hashimoto. And it's a, an amazing piece of technology. It's wonderfully analog and mechanical. It works on um, induction, Sean. So basically, you put your rotary telephone on top of this device and two metal arms go under the handset of your rotary phone. And when the phone rings, the vibrations of the rotary telephone trigger the induction arms and the uh, telephone receiver is lifted. Wow. That triggers (laughs) one of two cassette uh, uh, cassette tapes Hmm. to start playing. The first cassette tape that plays is the outgoing message. Hello, you've reached Sean Moncrief. Please leave a message and I'll get back to you later. Or whatever people said in the 1950s. Mm. And then at the end... Um, oh, sorry. And then when the, the person making the telephone call is is to make is to record their message, the second tape, uh, cassette tape starts recording. When they hang up the phone, the induction arms are triggered once again and they lower and the... Uh, receiver is replaced on the handset. An incredibly mechanical, uh, you know, heavy going, uh, cumbersome piece of technology, but brilliant in its simplicity. Yeah, because you would have thought there would have been an easier way to 
you know, from the signal entering the phone or something, that, that could be that yeah. could be interpreted. And it, it, it got better very, very quickly. I think the really landmark piece of technology that really created a revolution in communications, at least in America, was from 1971, Sean, when an American by the name of Neil Bugelvich uh, came up with the phone mate. The phone mate model 400 1971 was a landmark piece of technology. This was the first answering machine which went widespread in America. Now, in saying that, it was still an expensive device to buy. In 1971, this cost 139 euro. Oh my god. Now, I put that in a dollar inflation calculator yesterday. That's about 870 euro in today's money. It weighed four and a half kilograms. <laughs> it was the size of a briefcase. But when you had guests over, it was the first thing you showed them because you were very proud of your phone mate. Yeah, I would have thought so. And how did that work? Would that involve mechanical arms lifting up the phone receiver and all that kind of No, stuff? no. This was much, uh, much easier to use. It worked on a simple uh, cassette tape it recorded the message. There was no lifting of uh, handsets or anything like that. But interestingly, when it launched, um, the advertising campaign, its I always find it interesting to look at the first ads for landmark pieces, pioneering pieces of technology like this, because what you'll often find is that the ad tells you how much the technology has infiltrated society at that point. And you can tell from the copy, the way it reads, that this is something that they really had to teach the American public what it was and why they needed it. Mm. So the ad reads, this is the ad from 1971. It says, um, PhoneMate does more than, than just answer your phone. It answers in your voice and then automatically records the message of your caller. It also allows you to listen in on an incoming call without the caller knowing you're there. Now, that last part is really interesting. And I think we can all recognise so many Hollywood movies yes, where yeah. a character will choose not to pick up the phone because they'll wait and see what the other character is saying in their message before they pick up the phone. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, totally. It was used as for call screening and, and invariably the person doing their ringing up saying, are you there, Simon? I know you're there, Simon. Just answer the phone. Exactly. And Simon won't because whatever. Yeah. Same and reason. often a romantic scene as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um there is now obviously the answering machine is it's a device that is used so much in Hollywood movies, um, because it's a brilliant way to provide exposition on a plot to move a story forward without the character having to be in the room as the other character. That's really helpful for screenwriters. Mm. But it's also a source of uh, a lot of comedy in Hollywood movies and I was doing a deep dive into the archives over the weekend to find some of the best examples and I think what I'm going to play you now Sean is probably my favourite example. This is from a long forgotten Tom Hanks movie from the mid 1980s when he was a much younger man. It's called Nothing in Common and this is how his answering machi machine message sounded. Hello, David Basner. Hi, Basner. Andrew Woolridge. I want you to meet me tomorrow. What? Uh, li listen, I'm, I'm sorry. We must have a bad connection. Could you speak a little louder, please? Sure. Andrew Woolridge here. I'd like you to meet me tomorrow at... Wait, the... wait, please. Speak into the phone. I told you. I can't hear you. I am speaking into the damn phone. 
This is Andrew Woolery. Okay, okay, stop shouting. It's not really me. You got my machine, and all the shouting in the world isn't going to bring the beep any sooner. So uh, wait for the beep and uh, relax, and uh, thanks for calling. You've got a strange sense of humour, Basner. Yeah, a bit like Simon Tierney's with his only fools and horses answering machine message. Uh, you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We'll take a break. Back in a couple of minutes. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.